Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Red Sox On Deck Prospect Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Osgood, and joining me is Shelly Verstraight. Shelly, how are you doing today? Um, I'm doing pretty well. Um, you know, the, the Red Sox are, you know, just doing great. And you we're seeing like a few little clips and gifs and stuff from Twitter about prospects. It's it's baseball all over the place and I love it. Yeah, there's uh, there are minor league quasi games going on that we can pull a little bit of information from, which is a step in the right direction. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm really enjoying watching this Red Sox team so far. It's just a different vibe. And uh, big four game set starting tonight as we record on Thursday evening against the Mariners. Um, two teams that are tied for in the loss column at least for the best record in the American League so that's just how you drew it up right <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah yeah <laughs> so um yeah definitely we uh first have some maintenance and reminders uh if you enjoy what we do here uh on the over the monster podcast go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you use to listen to these podcasts, whether it's this uh, one, the On Deck podcast, or the Over the Monster podcast with Matt and Brian, uh, the Red Seat with Jake and Keaton, and also we have the Precap pod that Shelly and Keaton do. So if you listen to any of those, please give us a rating and review. It does help 
quite a bit. I'm going to start today with some news and notes, um, starting at the alternate site. A couple of games, there's been some intra-squad type of games out there in Worcester. Uh, there was also one against the Mets on uh, a couple of days ago, and we got some some exciting news for a couple of players we've talked about previously. First and foremost, um, Jaron Duran hit two home runs on the game on the 19th against the Mets. The first one to right center field and the second one to center field. It was a three-run shot. Um, just, Shelly, what do you think? More good news from Duran and I don't know if you think the timeline might be pushed up a little bit or if I'm just getting too excited from a couple of alternate site games. <laughs> I mean, I, I I was totally stoked to see, you know, both of these, uh, you know, Durantators, right? Like, I was just like, give it to me. Just come on. Just give it to me. I, I really want to see this guy, you know, up at yep. Fenway. Um, I mean, you know, Frenchie Cordero and Hunter Renfro are kind of struggling in the outfield. And I'm just like, just give me Jaron Duran. I, I know that it's probably going to be until you know, maybe June before we see him, but just knowing that he is still doing what he's doing, what we saw last summer and all in Winter League, I, I loved it. I just ate all of that video up. <laughs> I know, and I'm going to I'm gonna save my take for a little bit later when we, we circle back to Duran, but uh, have some similar thoughts for sure. Also, some good news with Connor Siebold. Who threw six shutout innings in one of those outings, kind of following up another start that we talked about last week. Uh, sounded like, uh, well, Ian Cundell has been out there scouting a couple of those games, doing God's work, driving out to Worcester to uh, to give us the review of the of what's happening at the alternate site. Said that he was working more on his slider and his curveball. Um, you know, we know that he has good control of his fastball and a, a changeup that can be an out pitch, but it sounds like he's working on some other things and still was able to be pretty effective out there. So good news on, on Seabold and someone that we definitely think we'll, we'll get some sort of look at uh, in 2021. And then lastly, Eduard Bizarro made his MLB debut since we talked last against um, Minnesota last week um, and then also pitched against the Mets in the alternate site game earlier this week. Looked pretty good in that outing. Uh, Shelly, anything that you saw from Bizarro or anything you wanted to add regarding Seabold um, from the last week? Um, yeah, I, I'm really excited about Seabold. It, it, it's felt like many, many a year that I've been quote-unquote excited about like some Red, Spot, Red Sox pitchers. I mean, we got Seabold, we got Hulk doing some really interesting things. It's really awesome. And then we got, uh, you know, Bizarro. Um, who performed like really well back in 2019 and 2020. Just I think that he's going to be a really, really good reliever for this team. And I do think that he is going to get even more time. Uh, I mean, you said that he you know, made his debut in, you know, in Minnesota, but I really do think, um, uh, you know, he will get some more run. And I'm really excited to see him because I think that he could be a really, really good reliever. So... It's just been, yeah. you know, um, you know, candy and lollipops when it comes to Red Sox kind of like prospects here recently. Yeah, and I've liked how they've used that 27th player in the doubleheaders to get creative. Yeah. Uh, they, they brought Bizarro up the, for the first one. 
um, and he was able to, to throw an effective inning. They were able to get him into a game with, a, I think it was a five-run lead. Um, it, he walked a couple guys, but he was around the plate. He was just missing. Uh, mm-hmm. His breaking ball looked good. So I agree. I, I think we're going to see a lot more of him. It's good that they kind of got that first one out of the way, and they're – there's at least one relief pitcher uh, that, that has not looked <laughs> very good from the beginning, uh, that being Taylor, the lefty. Um, so we'll see. Obviously, Bizarro being a right-handed pitcher, but I think there'll be some openings and that we'll see him again soon. All right. So next we're going to talk about a couple of players um, that still have their prospect status. Um, first one is going to, quote-unquote, graduate this week. And that's Bobby Dahlbeck. So we kind of get one last chance before he has gotten to 130 at-bats, which is the cutoff to be um, still a prospect and graduate um, past that status. And with Dahlbeck, he, I kind of dove in a little more than I had uh, to Dahlbeck's profile. And the more I looked at it, I realized that I thought, you know, he was close to breaking out a little bit that I've seen some signs, you know, uh, last weekend he started taking a couple balls the other way. And then there was uh, a ball that he got a hold of on one of the cold nights earlier this week to center and nothing was carrying. And I realized that it was Dahlbeck at the plate. And I thought, well, he's got that, that raw power and I looked up and it was over the center fielder's head, which was very few balls were doing it on a cold night at Fenway. So uh, as I looked into him more, He's hitting over 260 now, and his expected stats are excellent as well, which is kind of just based on barrels and based on how hard you hit the ball and at what launch angle and things of that nature without getting into too much detail, um, that his expected batting average is over 300, his expected slugging percentage is over 600, and if he played in any park other than Fenway, that he would have two or three home runs at this point. Uh, a couple balls that just if they were if, if he was in a different park that might have been over 400 feet um, that it would have been a home run so I don't know what you've seen from Dahlbeck or if you're kind of sharing the same sentiment that I have you know the strikeouts are down a little bit from last year from 42% down to 34% so the more I'm watching the more uh, the less concerned I am that he's going to be you know sent down before May or anything like that and I think he's pretty close to to hitting a hot streak here. I, I 100% agree with you. Um, I, I was always kind of concerned, um, like, prior to the season with Dalbeck's just, you know, strikeout issues. Basically, either being just home run or strikeout. Um, but with this series with the Twins, um, I had, you know, my iPad up, you know, at work. And I was, like, kind of, like, watching the games as I was, you know, quote-unquote working. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and just... Seeing all of the Dahlbecks at bats just really, really had me encouraged because he was definitely, he was going the other way more. And even if, you know, there was, you know, he got like thrown out at first or it was just something there, you know, he would come back to the dugout and then Alex Cora would be like, oh yeah, no, you you did good. Keep doing what you're doing. Like he was really, really encouraging Dahlbeck and just knowing and seeing that he can go to the other field and he's just not just like you know just pulling it for a home run or striking out that is really really encouraging and I have just loved what I've seen from Dahlbeck so far this year exactly that extra base power to all fields is what I've noticed as well and you know you could see a little bit 
last year and a little bit in spring training. Um, one stat that I saw having to do with uh, barrels and, you know, not to dork out on everybody, but there's uh, barrels per batted ball, which are, you know, anything that you hit into play versus barrels per plate appearance. And this is specific to balls that are hit in play, which is going to benefit Dahlbeck more as a statistic since he strikes out at a pretty high rate. Um, here's the list of the top five for batted, uh, barrels on batted balls um, in the American League. One, Shohei Otani. Two, Mike Trout. Three, Byron Buxton. Four, Nelson Cruz. Five, Bobby Dahlbeck. And then the names right behind him, Aaron Judge, Devers, Framil Reyes, J.D. Martinez, and Bo Bichette. So that's your top ten a murderer's row of yeah. power hitters in the AL and Dahlbeck's right in the middle of that with a 21.4% barrels per batted ball. So, um, has to be a good sign. Obviously we want him a little bit higher on the per plate appearance, but he would have to cut the strikeout rate a little more to, to get up there. But when they're in play, they're hit hard. And I think they're going to start going out of the park, hopefully starting in the next week or so. Yep. hundred percent. I love it. All right. Uh, and then I think it's obligatory at this point that we have to talk about Garrett Whitlock. Uh, two and two-thirds more shutout innings the other day, um, coming in on the, the Patriots Day game now at nine innings. So he's thrown a complete game shutout at this point. Nine innings, three hits, no walks, 11 Ks. Um, I think it was what was interesting to me was the Alex Cora quote, uh, he said, obviously, we've got to be smart about it. We've got to be disciplined. But as far as right now, we're trying to stretch him out. The game will dictate what we do. The weeks are going to dictate what we do as of right now. There's no limitations. Um, it, it seems they keep bringing him in for two innings, three innings, and then giving a couple days off. Um, even though I think later in the year, if he's still throwing like this and they have the chance to make the playoffs, that he could be in the back end of the bullpen, but it really seems like they want to keep him as the person that can fill in as a spot start, or if somebody goes out in the first couple innings of the game, that they really want to have him as the guy that can go two, three, four innings rather than someone that they want to throw in more than two games a week. And you can still, at that pace, throw five innings a week um, and get to some sort of maybe like 110 to 130 inning mark by the end of the year and still, um, you know, you want to be careful with him coming off of Tommy John. So I don't think that he's a guy that they want to pitch in back-to-back games um, and more kind of want to have a lengthier outing and then a couple days off in between. Yeah, and I honestly, I really do like how they're using him um, because, I mean, we have two very, very volatile, you know, starters, you know, with Garrett yeah. Richards and Nick Pavetta. Yeah. So if we have, like, this, you know, ace in our back pocket, I, I use ace very liberally there, um, but just basically course, a guy. No, I get your point. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, future because, ace Garrett Whitlock you heard it here first there we go future ace Garrett Whitlock <laughs> um but someone who can come in for like two two and a third two and two thirds innings and just basically just fill in if one of those two guys just basically blew it up in like the, the first you know one or two innings I love that and we haven't yeah. had that in a while and I just love just having that 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 cushion and it's just, it's great. It's absolutely great. Kind of the opposite approach of uh, what they did with Phillips Valdez in the doubleheader. I can't remember ever seeing a 
pitcher go two innings in game one and then get used in relief again in game two on the same day. Um, you know, I've seen closers coming in both games, but um, <laughs> kind of the opposite approach that they're taking with Whitlock. We talked last week about the MLB draft. We did a, a bit of a preview, chronicled a few um, players, each of us. There were a couple of mock drafts that came out this week, interestingly enough. Uh, the first one was the MLB pipeline, kind of part of MLB.com. Um, and that one had the Red Sox at number four, getting Vanderbilt starting pitcher Kamar Rocker uh, falling to them there, which I I know I said was kind of my dream scenario this year. Uh, I did hear that the, the velocity was back up a little bit in his last start. Um, Jim Callis from MLB Pipeline pretty much echoed what we had heard last week, which was that there's a, you know, a clear top four, lighter, Lawler, Rocker, and Mayer, you know, two pitchers and two sh uh, prep shortstops, and that the order is debatable, but the Sox would probably take whoever's left, in his opinion, at number four, that they're in that a good spot where there's a, there's a tier and a bit of a drop-off after that. Um, and then the other one was Keith Law's mock uh, on The Athletic. And he had Louisville's catcher, Henry Davis, which you talked a little bit about last week, Shelley. Um, he had Leiter and, and Rocker both gone at that point um, with Lawler, Leiter, Lawler, and then Rocker, and then Davis going four. Um, so I didn't know if you had any thoughts on, on either of those mocks or if you took anything away from it or if it's just, you know, having a little fun two months in advance here. I mean, I do think that it's, you know, having a little bit of fun there. But either if I, I, I honestly, I liked both of them because, I mean, I would love for for Rocker to fall to number four. I don't know if he will because, I mean, we did see that his feeler was up. You, you just said this this past weekend. So that's great. And he's a really, really amazing talent. So I'm hoping that he falls to four. And if he does, I really hope that the Red Sox, you know, you know, uh, snag him up there. Um, yeah. But just seeing that, you know, Henry Davis got like a little bit of love from Keith Law. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I, I love this dude too. And I would love for the, you know, the Red Sox to, to you know, sign him as well. So I, I, I saw both of these mocks. I'm like, okay, I like both of those those picks. So yeah, I'm I, yeah. It, again, like you you definitely want you know lighter or lawler, but yeah, they're not going to fall to four. But they're yeah. really really interesting talents, basically in the top four or top five. So I think we'll be okay. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And um, to kind of give some context from Keith Law about pushing Davis up to four. He said Davis has mashed all year with huge power and a patient eye, and he's got a plus arm and enough receiving skills to stay behind the plate. Joey Bart went second overall with less bat and more glove. I don't think it's a stretch to think Davis could be the first college position player taken. Um, so some high praise there. Uh, we definitely talked about that last week with the power and the arm and, um, you know, that he could probably pepper the green monster. So he's an inst interesting player. Um and then the, the next four were players that, that we talked about last week. Uh, Sal Frelick, 
Gunnar Hoagland, Marcelo Meyer, and Brady House. Um, so I think that might have been the eight players that we talked about or yeah. maybe one or two others. But uh, So if you missed that last week, you can go back and listen to the the MLB draft preview that we did, our first-year player draft, and um, we talked about all eight of those players. Moving on, we were going to cover one other topic today. We're going to have a little fun with the Over the Monster top 20 prospect rankings, um, which were actually uh, voted on by the fans and went kind of from 1 through 20 throughout the winter. And Matt Collins was posting those from Over the Monster and kind of counting that down. And the list that I can read it off, 1 through 20, what we settled on. And remember, this is um, it was finished up uh, about a month or so ago. So a few things have changed, but reading them off one through 20 real quick, it was Tristan Cassis, Jeter Downs, Brian Mata, Jaron Duran, Hilberto Jimenez, Noah Song, Bobby Dahlbeck, Tanner Houck, Connor Seabold, Aldo Ramirez, Thad Ward, Jay Groom, Nick York, Ronaldo Hernandez, Blaze Jordan, Brian Bello, Arbeo, Eduard Bazzardo, Chris Murphy, Garrett Whitlock, Connor Wong. So... We took that top 20 and we're going to kind of talk about who we personally would move up, who we would move down, if there's anyone that we think might have been omitted, and how we see this playing out in 2021, how we think that this might move around. So, Shelly, did you want to start it off with who you would move up on that list? Um, I mean, I, I do think that is a pretty good list, um, but just looking at it, um, knowing that we know, a, you know, maybe some pitching injuries and other things, um, my guy that I really wanted to move up was Jaron Duran. Um, knowing that he's number four, I get it. I get it. Like, Jeter Downs has, a, like, a little bit more uh, prospect pedigree, and Brian Mata is a really, really, um, you know, our long-time, like, pitching prospect. But Jaron Duran, man... He has just been, you know, Duran to the moon. Like, he is just, he has just been going off for probably almost about a year now um, since he's made his his swing adjustment and everything. So, yeah, I, I honestly, I looked at this list. I'm like, yeah, we need to move Jaron Duran. Um, definitely above, uh, above Brian Mata. Um, and I'm really thinking above Jeter Downs, like, I mean, I we're going to see him this year, so I kind of think that we need to put him, like, really close to the top. Yep, and I swear we're not going to agree on everything, folks, but um, I I was going to say the same. You know, Jaron Duran, I would move him up. I might, I think I would move him to number two at this point. I think that he's going to, I would put him ahead of Downs. I, I think he's going to be up in May. I think he's going to force his way up. Um Everywhere that he has hit, he was hot throughout the whole winter, um, p- playing in various leagues, getting to spring training, now at the alternate site. The only question might be with the defense, but I think if he's even just playing an adequate defense, that I think Duran is going to be up in May. I think he's going to kind of just force his way in, like you said earlier. Um, it's not like the outfielders currently, uh, other than Verdugo. I mean, they're all kind of sufficient uh, i think cordero has been um you know a b- bit of a a surprise for me i think he's looked pretty good but i think duran you you can find at bats form and the way that they're moving people around and it's just you know everybody might get 10 percent less at bats it's not like he would replace somebody i think you know 
bring him up, play him two or three days a week, and see what happens. And the worst thing that happens, you send him back down if he's not ready. But um, I, I think that's a possibility. So um, anyone else that you wanted to hit on, and then kind of conversely, anyone that you wanted to move down in that top 20? Um, yeah, I guess maybe I would maybe move Nick Nick York um, just up maybe just a few spots. Like, it feels kind of, like, weird to, to kind of see him at number 13. Um, just how well he performed at the alternate site last summer and just, you know, just what scouts were saying and just his advanced hit tool. I'd probably move him up, um, Yeah, you know, just a little bit. Um, but maybe guys that I would move down, uh, maybe I'm just, like, picking on pitchers. Um, but it's basically Brian Mata, obviously, um, because of, you know, his... his yeah, we DJ. have some new information on him. Exactly. <laughs> so, I yeah, exactly. So, obviously, move him down. Um, Jay Groom, I'm also going to move him down as well. Um, just what we heard... Um, through last year and, um, you know, in fall instructs, he didn't really look that great. And it really makes me sad, but I just like, just move him down. I just, I'm, I'm not a big, uh, Jay Groom fan. I, I don't know. I haven't heard good things for a while. So I'm just like, yeah, just move him down. And then also it really makes me sad, um, to move, uh, Nova song down. Um, you know, we saw some like photos that came out, uh, you know, he was, um, you know, in um, kind of like his military uniforms and stuff, which is like really great for him. Like it's nothing against him. Um, but it's just like, I don't know where he is baseball wise. So I kind of need to move him down, even though I really did like what I did see back in 2019. But I just, yeah. Gotta yeah, kind of I mean, move him down. Yeah. He's impossible to rank. And um, yeah. I think that's why we moved him to a, an episode after we previewed all of the different levels is yeah. because we don't know where to rank him. We want to rank him high, but we don't know if we'll see him pitch again. So um, that makes sense. I Just to add to that, was going to say pitchers in general. Um, we, we often hear there's no such thing as a pitching prospect, but our list from 1 through 20 had 11 pitching prospects out of 20. So personally, I would temper that a little bit. I would, I would want to have more than half um, of those that top 20 be hitters but I think other than that you know kind of the the order of it was pretty good I'd move Jaron Duran up a little bit but um we'll kind of talk about omissions um I was gonna in terms of who was not in the top 20 um Jason Rosario was the, was one for me that I would add in he would be one of the hitters that <clears throat> I would probably replace a pitcher with um, I think he has the potential to be a leadoff hitter uh, with contact and who has speed and can play center field um, with a chance for more power. You know, um, he's kind of, we talked about him a couple weeks back, but has a little slap hitter, leadoff profile a little bit. But um, I think that he has a chance, at, you know, at least to be a fourth outfielder. I think we'll see him in the league, and I, I would put him into my top 20 as I think that he has the potential for more if he can, um, you know, get a little bigger and, and add some power. Um, any noticeable omissions that, that you saw, Shelley, from the top 20? Uh, yeah, I, I, I did pick up on um, Rosario. I'm like, oh, why is he not, he not there? Um, but then, like, another one that really, you know, came to my mind um, was, you know, Brandon Bernacci. 
you know, the shortstop. Like, he's extremely young, but he's performed extremely well. And I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just being super, super aggressive, but I really like this guy. I, I think that, you know, he has the bat, he has the, 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 the feel to stick at shorts. So I think that he should be in the top 20. Uh, maybe I'm being aggressive. Um, what do you yeah. think? No, I, I'm with you on that. He, he's another hitter. I would have moved in um, as well. So I think that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, moving ahead to 2021, uh, kind of who we see rising and falling in the next year. Um, you know, who on this list a year from now is going to be in a different spot. Um, you know, and we'll leave out the the obvious ones that have already made the major leagues or that we've been talking about throughout the month of April. Um, so my biggest riser, I had uh, Connor Seabold. We talked about him a little bit earlier, so I won't repeat much of that. But, you know, his strikeouts aren't going to blow you away. He's not going to be a front-of-the-rotation pitcher. Um, but he has above-average command and control. And his fastball has been pumping into the mid-90s in spring training and reportedly at the alternate site, too. So that's a couple miles an hour higher than it was before, kind of up from 93, closer to 95. Has a good change-up. Remains to be seen if he can work in a curve or a slider, but I'm confident he gets a chance this year. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to be competing with a couple other names that, that we've talked about for a rotation spot in 2022. He'll at least get a tryout, in my opinion. So uh, I think Seabolt's going to move up, you know, maybe not to the top five, but I'd put him higher than eight going into next year. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I, I love that uh, Seabold pick. I'm really excited to see He was him. at nine. He was at nine this year, sorry. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe some guys who I think that might move up. Um, maybe Nick York. Um, I just love guys who can just absolutely hit. I'm, I know that his defense is a little shaky, even though he's playing second, but I don't care. The dude can hit. But he an absolute hit. So if you can hit, you can stick in the major leagues, in my opinion. So I really do think that he's really going to move um up like you know really um really high um really fast um this year um and then maybe edward uh Prisardo. um i think that he is going to be a pretty big uh guy in the bullpen um they're like in the back part of our major league bullpen it's a little shaky and i really think that edward Prisardo could really fill in there and just be like extremely just extremely nasty out of the bullpen so i i i am a big bizarre fan and what about your um biggest faller this year yeah my biggest faller um i i sadly i have to say blaze jordan blaze jordan he's just like just not my type of player He's definitely he's definitely just like all power, like big strikeout, just ugh. and he's yeah. a prep guy and he just scares me a lot where it could either be boom or bust and I'm just banking on the bust because I'm just like it's it's way too scary of a profile for me. Yeah. I think I'm a, a little more bullish on Jordan. I, I am excited to see him, um, but I, I know what you mean. There's there's less room for error with uh, with the profile like he has. So uh, it sounds like he lost a, a little bit of weight, and he's still trying to play third base. So we'll see. We'll see if that works out. Um, Ronaldo Hernandez was mine, uh, the catcher that came over from Tampa Bay. Um, I think it was in the Maza 
Springs trade. And he's got exciting tools, and he's got power and armor, the two exciting tools specifically. Um, but his hit tool is a little bit questionable, and the rest of his defense I'm not really sure about. So when I'm looking uh, at, at a profile, I like to see hit and defense, and I'm not sure that Hernandez has that. I think he could have possibly a, a DH part-time or maybe backup catcher type of profile. So um thought he was a little bit high on the list at 14. Um, and then after that, we were going to talk about sleepers. And mine, which he's actually in the top 10 on this list, and it's about the highest or at least tied for the highest that I've seen, but uh, Aldo Ramirez, I'm excited about right-handed pitcher who is, is younger in the system, um, but impressed, you know, at 17 18 years old um he's still just 19 i actually wrote um i wrote about aldo ramirez over at the dynasty guru last week and talked about kind of the fact that he's pitched effectively at each level while being at a younger age compared to his opponents um you know he doesn't have numbers that that blow you away but again he was pitching at a young age and pick, pitching effectively and going deep into games as a starter um and with really good command and control so he commands a couple of different pitches and is working on a third pitch and his changeup is his best secondary pitch which i love like i love seeing if you if you throw hard and you have a good changeup if you hear how much i talk about um about garrett whitlock uh you know ramirez has a really good changeup he's working on a breaking ball he's throwing harder he's kind of moved up from the 90 to 94 range where he was still effective um and throwing closer to 96 and I'm just excited to see, 19 years old still, I'm excited to see what he can do this year. And I think that if he can throw 100 innings and maintain the velocity and hopefully show a little bit of improvement with his curveball, that I think he'll be, you know, a top 200 prospect in all baseball move close to the hopefully to the top five after this year um that might be aggressive maybe more like seven or eight but um you know i think that if he can continue to make those gains and uh that that he had at the at the instructional sites last year that he could make a big jump this year um what was your shelly um i 100 percent agree with your aldo ramirez like i i i'm so excited to see what he does um in the minor leagues uh this year yeah. Um, but I kind of had like two guys. Um, uh, I I absolutely adore Thad Ward, um, and I just really do believe in his talents. Um, uh, and I I do think that he could probably move up. We had him ranked eleventh, um, so he could probably move up just a, a few spots. Um, I do think that he could probably be like a back end starter, but I I just absolutely love Thad Ward, and, and I and also, he's going by Thaddeus now, which is just yes. so much more professional. I think I, that should move him up a spot in itself. I know, I know. Like I think that with Thaddeus, he needs to wear like a bow tie when he's on the mound, <laughs> right? Yeah. So Thaddeus, Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, Ward is a guy that I think could probably move up. Um, but I've also been like a really big like Chris Murphy fan. Um, he does have a little bit more work to do with his you know command and control. Um, when he was in college, he was he was wild. 
Um, but after he was drafted, like he started like to change his pitches and he got a little bit more control. But then, you know, the pandemics hit and we didn't really see him. So that's a really a guy that I'm keeping my eye on. And I'm like, is he going to be able to keep those gains um, with his control that we saw after he was drafted? Um, yep. But I really do like his pitch mix and everything. So I'm hoping that, you know, he can still be the guy that we saw prior, you know, so, uh, you know, prior to the pandemic. Um, but yeah, keep an eye on Chris Murray. Yep. I like those. And then for the last kind of superlative, you got creative with this one. I like it. So let's, uh, let's hear the last one that we have, Shelly. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, let's just create your best pitcher because that's always fun. Just putting just like best pitches together. Um, yep. so, I went with um, Noah Song's fastball, obviously Tanner Houck's slider, um, Aldo Ramirez's changeup, and Connor Siebel's command. Like that's absolutely a Cy Young pitcher right there. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just gonna zag because Tanner Houck's slider is the answer. Yeah, but <laughs> exactly, you know, just for. Uh comparison purposes I'll, I'll go with brian mata's fastball a healthy brian mata's fastball um that can hit 98 with sync and movement um jay groom's looping curveball when it's on you can throw it for strikes and can bury it to get a chase so i'm hoping for a big year out of groom that we can see that curveball that is effective again uh, of course going with garrett whitlock's change up still a prospect so thing has been devastating Six of the 11 strikeouts this season have been on the changeup and a, a zero average for the, the batting average for opponents. And then we'll go with Aldo Ramirez's command that I already mentioned today. So that's my complete pitcher. Yours probably wins, but, you know, <laughs> that's okay. So Yours anything else? Anything else you wanted to add? Um, No, not really. Um, Just check out uh, what I write over at the Over the Monster and the Dynasty Guru. Um, kind of at those both places, yeah. Yep, and um, I'm also writing over at the Dynasty Guru. I mentioned had a little something about Aldo Ramirez last week. We wrote about rebuilding Dynasty teams. Uh, if you're a Dynasty baseball or a fantasy baseball player, it might be interesting, so that's coming out in the next day or two. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter at BobOsgood15 for uh, myself, and Shelly is at ShellyV underscore 643. Um, looking, looking ahead, you know, if you have any ideas, let us know. As usual, we're uh, looking into a guest possibly in the next week or two. Change things up, bridge the gap to uh, game starting in May. So we should have some good stuff for you coming up. Uh, and have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks.